What is truth? Truth is reality. It can be confirmed by evidence. It is verifiable. And we seek to find it. Welcome to Euphonaut Radio. Euphonaut Radio is a show that takes you on a truth journey outside the matrix to examine the worlds of ufology, the paranormal, and new science. Open your mind as we search for the truth that most are afraid to discuss. This is Euphonaut Radio with Jesse Randolph and Christopher J. Brown, only on PSN Radio. Monday night, PSN Radio, Euphonaut Radio, at the helm, Jesse Randolph, your humble host, to my right, the Honorable Chris J. Brown, our resident experiencer, yes, he's seen them, and he's had interaction, and to my left, although he is by no means on the left, a man who needs no introduction, the angel of ufology, Uh Mr. Angel Espino. Welcome, gentlemen, to Euphonaut Radio. Thank How you. are you? Woo-hoo. All right. Well. And of course, let's, I think Danny's still on the line. Danny, you still on the line? Yes, Danny is still okay. on the line. The man behind Danny. the curtain, our uh, esteemed uh, producer extraordinaire, and uh, set up another amazing show for us tonight. In fact, kids... Uh, Monday night is a great night for talking ufology, talking about experiences. Uh, I know a lot of people are, have been kidding around in the past couple of weeks with wanting to leave the planet, wanting to leave the country for different reasons, whether you were happy or sad because of election results and alike. There are people actually thinking about leaving, and then you have people like uh, Elon Musk and folks like that who are leaving the planet that this is their plans this is the short term plans and you mix that in Hmm. with this Hmm. torrential rain we've been having here in the pacific northwest and this gloomy darkness if you've ever seen kind of like 28 was it 30 days a night you know where that town in alaska uh, they have all darkness for about a month and change yeah that's creepy stuff yeah it starts to seem like that sometimes here in the Pacific, man. And you just start thinking that you're on another planet sometimes. I mean, it's been, it just rains for days sometimes into the night. And talk about a great uh, environment to think and to think about this subject and, and all the, uh, you know, whether or not you were happy about what happened in the election, um, this year. Okay. I know it was a big one, obviously, but think about it in terms of ufology. This may be uh, the crack in the wall for opening up all sorts of secrets and alike. We just don't know. It's yeah, such Trump's a gonna, Trump's going to make a deal. Well, we don't know. We don't know, Chris. But what we do know is that there's there's a whole new story to be told, right? Because it's not going to be. Uh, what some folks might have thought, which is status quo. So we know it's not going to be that. Whether or not, whether or not it's going to be an absolute failure or what, or, or not, we just don't know. But from a ufological standpoint, guys like Bissett, 
Steve Bassett and uh, folks like that, they're writing a new narrative here. They have to redo their plans, okay, because nobody was factoring this in. So it would be interesting to see what Steve is thinking. I mean, remember when we, when we asked him straight up on the show about, you know, what if Trump wins, uh, he was like, oh, he's not going to win. Like, he was certain that, that Hillary was that on the top. Yeah, so Correct. as far as he was concerned, uh, Hillary was a, a, a shoehorn to win the presidency. Right, and, and so that's <laughs> whether or not you're half upset about that. Saying, President-elect Trump. I just love saying that, by the way. I, oh, Okay. Well, some people hate it, and and that's fine too. It doesn't really matter because all we care about is how it affects us getting to the meat and potatoes of this subject. Finally, how do we cross the Rubicon? How do we make a big chink into that Jenga wall that we need to come tumbling down? We know the people want to talk about it on the inside. We for years, for 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 years, decades. So. Is this an opportunity? We just don't know. You know, when when uh, the Soviet Union fell, uh, most of you probably remember, that's when some really good researchers from ufology land went into the Ukraine area, went into uh, Russian proper, Moscow and alike, and they tried to buy secrets. They tried to go through the black market uh, because that's where you get everything now for a very long time. But it, when it first started, you know, it was mafia run underground and you could buy anything. And, uh, sure enough, people were trying to buy UFO secrecy, uh, and they were putting that out there. And some people got put on some pretty wild goose chases. But that could be happening here quite soon. We just don't know. So stay tuned for that. And Angel, if you get a chance, if you could maybe uh, get a hold of Stephen uh, Bassett because you're, you know, you're such a good friend of his, um, and you guys are pretty tight. And and see if he wants to come on in the next couple of weeks and kind of fill us in on how this has affected his plans. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing for him? He is a. You do a Robert Morningstar and and a and a Stephen Bassett show together. You know, get them That's together and talk about what they right got there. to say. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like, the first thing I thought of when Trump won the election, I was like, oh my god, what's Stephen Bassett thinking right now? Because, I mean, he, like we said earlier, he was so adamant that she was gonna win, and his Facebook account went all dark. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he had, like, blacked out all the pictures on his, uh, on his, uh, main Facebook account. And, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure he took it hard. I mean, yeah, he definitely has to rewrite the narrative here now with disclosure and, uh, I mean, I don't know how how much of a player Podesta is going to play, considering all the email and WikiLeaks has come out recently with all the pedophile island. No, he's finished. Stuff, so. Guys like him are finished. They are absolutely yeah. finished. They, they don't have a career anymore in politics. They don't have credibility, uh, not, period, anymore after the WikiLeaks stuff. So, well, know. there's that too. There's that too, and that that hurts them for sure. But but mm-hmm. it, it really, it's a whole new paradigm, and and that's what Bissett needs to come on and explain because. Uh, you're right. He must have been thrown a huge curveball. But I'm curious also how many other researchers, uh, whether or not this was a positive or negative thing for them, you know, just based on their views on how this will affect disclosure or all the subjects underneath that um, big umbrella, right? So stay tuned for that. Uh, tonight we have a special guest that uh, Danny has set up for us. And wow, think about this for a second. Um, think about 
being a sky watcher, like some of you on this panel are, uh, I would say, amateur sky watchers, right? Wouldn't you say? Sure. Right? Definitely. Um, okay. Yep. 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 Yeah. Not anything more. Think about. <laughs> What's that? For, not, for, not anymore. For, for, for yeah. say, no more. <laughs> not anymore. No moss. Okay. No. Well, think about think about it from this perspective. There's people that go out sky watching all the time. We know that. We know some of them, and they have pretty cool gear. We've had uh, a, a professional sky watcher on this program a couple months ago uh, from Canada. Remember that, guys? Yes, yeah. he is. He's a good good guy. Yeah, very cool guy, and he and he spent all this big time moolah on yeah. crazy gear. I mean, the guy had. Talked yesterday, matter of fact. Did you? He's a cool guy. I like him a lot. Um, anywho, so imagine being sort of a quasi professional sky watcher, which our guest is or was or still is. Um, and then imagine, um, going out there doing this all the time for fun. Cause it is fun. You go out there and it's in nature and different locations. I've done it a few times and you get to meet people. Obviously, maybe you can, uh, have a little beverage or uh smoke if that's your thing. Um, and then you watch the sky all night. Made it I mean, a man. Well, that's one one way, according to yeah. certain people. And anyways, what if, boom, something happens to you? What if something actually happens to you while you're out there? Meaning, i.e., you have an experience. You are all of a sudden have gone from a fun time sky watching and seeing some shooting stars and maybe seeing a couple of things that look kind of strange. Um I mean, hell, I've been out to the China Lake Missile Range in the middle of the night. I've been out to Edwards Air Force Base in the middle of the night. I've been out to Area 51 in the middle of the night. I've been to these places. I've been to Roswell. You name it. And the sky, obviously, is brilliant in all these locations. But nothing has ever happened where all of a sudden I became part of what I was seeing in the sky. Well, tonight's guest... I believe had this happened to him where he was sky watching and something very strange happened to him. The man's name is James West and I believe he's out of uh, East Texas, which I do have some friends in East Texas in uh, Denton, I believe. But great sky watching out there, obviously, because you got big sky, real big sky. But what if something really happened to you? When if uh, this wasn't, you know, I mean, you got Steve Greer out there and the gang doing the CE5 protocols, right? And they're going out there doing these uh, events where they're shooting lasers into the sky and high-powered lights and chanting and, you know, I don't know, uh, sweat lodging, whatever they do. You know, we don't know because we, we haven't paid the money to do it. Has anybody gone on one of the, the Greer uh, retreats on this panel? Hell no. No. Uh-uh, oh. I haven't. No, they're pretty so. steep, you know. They're like I still have that much testosterone in me, so I just don't feel it. I guess I don't know. You're not feeling it. Well, yeah, that's a that's a pretty pricey, uh, a pretty pricey show. Uh, it's very expensive, from what I hear. But you know, the people who are into it are really into it. I mean, some people, sure. you know, the, their critique of Greer is that he's kind of a cult leader esque kind of guy now, and. Uh, the people in CE5 protocol, if you don't know anything about that, kids, uh, check it out. You can go search for Steve Greer and the CE5, CE5 protocol, or uh, what's his website again, uh, Angel? Do you know his website? Uh, no idea. Danny? 
I don't. It doesn't matter. SteveGreer.com. Not CE5.com? Maybe. I don't know. If you do a Steve Greer, you're going to get enough stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you Google it, you'll find it right there on the top. And he would obviously wouldn't come on this program, so uh, oh, we have to know. talk. Well, I, you know what? I've reached out to him over the over the years. I haven't gotten such a warm response. Yeah. Um, I would tend to doubt it too. Yeah, he... it just doesn't seem a very approachable guy and uh, quite well, defensive. I, I found. I've heard uh, some over, stories. Over now, keep in mind. Uh, when you become a figurehead in ufology, a big That's figurehead, which he is. I mean, he was the top of the heap for a very long time. Uh, people come at you big, from everywhere, and they did. And was so, nine you know, I still do. What? Uh-huh, yeah. Um, SeriousDisclosure.com uh, is a CE5 initiative. That's right, okay. Yeah, Serious. Serious. That's another thing. He's done a couple of documentaries. Anyway, these guys go out there and they do activities, and Greer leads the gang. This is his baby. And their deal is we're not sky watching. We're trying to communicate. And we are communicating. And we have experiences because we go out there and do it. And that's what we can teach you, how to do that. And then you can go back to your town and practice this and, uh, I don't know, make do money use, too. I don't know. Do they use, like, flashlights to communicate or... Yeah, like high-powered lasers, and okay. I mean, we should have a CE5 guy on one day just to ask him, but I think they're a little guarded on uh, the gig Probably. because uh, <clears throat> I think I think they are, but I think Angel has had some CE5 folks on. Sure. I don't even I don't even know if you knew that. I'm sure but, he has Angel's. Angels had so many people on his show. I think it's a cool uh, idea. Probably have, yeah. I'm not 100%. I really sure. do. I think it's a yeah. cool idea. Yeah. I, mean, I, I like the idea. I've, I've logged in like 800, you know, guests at this point. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. That's a lot of guests. I would imagine. Well, they don't always tell you, too, that they're, you know, right. doing this, but there really isn't another game in town. So, for instance, if you want to go sky watch and just sit there and stare at the sky, well, that's great. But if you want to do a bunch of activities that these people have designed to try to establish communication with beings while you're out there, hell, that sounds pretty fun, too. So mm-hmm. the bad news is that it costs a lot of money and most people can't afford it. But I don't see anything wrong with it. He gets plenty of flack for it. And I just think that's the that's the next generation of where we need to move. Don't you guys? I mean, what do you think about that? I, for me, we have to start trying some new new approaches here because we're not, if we're, what's really happened in 2015, 2000, let's go back to 2010 is we've had some really really heavy duty stories coming out about uh the secret space program a la, you know, Martian bases and lunar bases and you know, all kinds of activity going on right underneath our noses that we're not a part of. And if you believe this narrative, if you start to think that this might actually be a reality, it's, it becomes quite frustrating. Yeah. And I think that, you know, moving towards trying to find out how these things work and be a part of them, you have to start looking at sky watching maybe a little differently too, which is more of an interactive approach, which, it's, which it seems as though is what Greer does. I think uh, it seems as though his That's personality... 
Yeah, it seems as though his personality works against him sometimes. And but it works uh, for him also because I mean it does attract the crowd. I mean, see what you oh, will yeah. about Stephen Greer. You know he does attract uh, fandom. He does have fans, people that follow his stuff. Uh, so I mean, you got to look at it like he sells himself pretty well, and uh, you know I, I admire that about the guy. I'm not gonna you know put the guy down for that because he knows how to sell who he is, and that has made him money. He's one of the few guys in ufology who you know actually makes a good buck. He makes some money. Oh yeah, he, he's turning Real over. Good. Yeah, he's turning over a good living doing this stuff. You know what I mean? So well, I think most of the money. What I hear is is generated. A lot of the money is generated from these retreats because they oh, are yeah, yeah, a very. And well, it's, to, like, it's like you know, it's like everything though. Even in like for example, music and musicians they don't make their money on CD sales. They make their money on the concert tours, being actually out there on the field. It's the same thing with uh, now you know, they folks. They game in town now. They don't make right. anything on those. Well, you're no, right. Yeah, uh, CDs is like a dead medium, but they, you know they still put music out because they want to go on tour and make that money. So, like for Greer, for example, he writes a couple of books. That's great, but what he's really going to make his money is going on on tours and going on book lectures and going on doing sky watches and being actually like a boots on the ground type of guy, and then that's going to generate him money. You know, same thing oh, like yeah. Clinton, Hillary Clinton, for example. What made her a ton of money behind the scenes? She went out and started doing talks and and uh, interviews and you know lectures and stuff like that. And the yeah, people were paying top dollar to see her, you know, do stuff and actually just go out and talk to people and, and and whatnot. Even though, of course, there was a lot of you know promises that were made, and that's a whole different topic that we're going to tackle right now. But you know, that's how a lot of folks make their money after their main career is either over. Or after they're trying to get into another career. Yeah, yeah, Greer. yeah, absolutely. Greer was a uh, doctor, yeah. you know, and now he's a ufologist, you know what I mean? So. But you have to be a, a, a certain amount of, you have to be a narcissist on a certain level Big to time. be able to promote yep. yourself. Look, guys in ufology don't have agents, so they have to, I bet you, you know, Greer does. <laughs> I what, bet you he does. <laughs> well, you know what, he might, he might, he might, but he, look, he doesn't have a theatrical agent, he might have a book agent, right? Right. Um, but he might have a manager to help him manage these uh, these retreats, you know, and that would be interesting to talk to some of these folks. Mm-hmm. I just found that the in YouTube land, when I go there, it seems as though the people are, are a little bit uh, uh, kind of conceited. Like, they know, you don't, don't question it. Sure. And I, I've gotten that kind of snooty vibe, so Welcome it'd to be YouTube, nice. Yeah. Just, yeah, so it'd be nice to have somebody on. That's just willing to just take questions, but I just have a feeling that some of them are afraid that Greer's camp might get mad at them if they sort of like uh, spill the beans, so to speak. I think that's been an issue for a while. So anyway, if somebody has some insight into either the CE5 protocols, because I think that kind of is a great segue into our guest uh, when we do bring him on, because it's all about tonight uh, how you can get involved if you really do want to. Meaning, you can search this stuff out. It's how bad do you really want it? Um, I usually think yeah. that, you know, exactly. most people, I think, don't really want this to be true. It's quite frightening to many people. So Life-altering. Yes, say. and and the folks that we bring on, for the most part, uh, in the past three months, if you go back and think about it, uh, most of them, the main... I would say uh, the main word involved with or the main feeling involved with most of their experiences has been fear. So this is a scary, frightening thing to have happen to you. 
it's very hard to process. It's very hard to tell people about. Obviously, it's hard uh, to go back into mainstream life for many of them, especially in the uh, the abduction subset. So, yeah. question for you, Jesse. And, yeah. uh, it's a question I've, I propose not only to you, but to Chris and Danny also. Uh, how soon do you think it would be? When, you know, let, let's just say, for example, a month from now, a ship lands somewhere. And aliens come out of the ship. We finally have that face-to-face disclosure. We see them. They're, they're there. They, they do some kind of a press thing, uh, you know, because cameras are all around. We see what they look like. And then, you know, how long do you really think it would take for us to get used to having them walk around in society like normally like we would walk around in society where they're integrated with our planet how long do you think that you know it would take before we we look at them and we freak out every single time we look at one especially if they're you know they look a lot like us uh maybe not the grays for example but the more humanoid looking ones that look really really more like human beings uh but slightly different you know like how long do you think it would take for us to like get used to that danny um, you want to go first you want me yes. to go I'll take it. Sure. Um, take it, it first. Um, take it if that's Danny. the way, if that's the way that things actually go down to where, you know, all of a sudden we've got a ship floating and some kind of communication is made and yeah, we're here to be your friends or to observe or whatever. Uh, how long would it take for people to assemble, like to, you know, to be able to get their minds around it? I think it would take, I, I think it would take a long time. I don't think things would actually ever be the same for a lot of people i'm sure some people would be able to handle it but i mean i mean that's just like in my opinion it's life-changing and uh just to go back to what you were saying earlier and the guests that we've had on and how you know it's real easy for me to get up and say yeah i'd love to see a ufo but you know with being friends with chris here um our co-host chris brown uh I know the hell that he's gone through and continues to go through. I don't know if I actually would want that to happen, but I don't know. As far as the, you know, integrating into our culture and how long would it take, I would think it would take a pretty darn long time. Yeah, but here's, here's the thing, though, before anybody else answers the question, and uh, that's, that's a good answer, though, but Chris Brown's situation, for example, like, there really wasn't anything too negative, and Chris, you know, back me up if I'm wrong, it's not like you were abducted and anally probed here. Exactly. Like you saw You saw an orb. Uh, it freaked you out, yeah, but it was more, I think, the the fact that you saw something out of the ordinary that freaked you out. You know, I don't think it was because this thing chased you down and tried to, like, murder you and your child. You know, like, that didn't but happen. That's, but that's what... Chris remembers he maybe something happened that he doesn't remember and but he's I'm not alive, just talking though. about that's, yeah no but he's alive yeah. that's that's the whole point so and it's not like he killed him and tonight's guest would be a perfect person to pose that question to because you know I'm not just speaking of Chris's situation I've been right, doing right, this right. now for for years with you guys and uh, you know I've heard a lot of different people's perspective on it and uh, well, that's that's actually the perfect word right there is is perspective like his perspective might have been one of fear when the aliens might have been very very friendly and benign and it might have been you know the type of aliens that are just here like to you know do a little uh, scientific you know research and they don't mean us any harm and they're actually like little good guys or you know they're friendlies and you know in his perspective oh my god this is a weird thing in the middle of the woods i'm getting probed you know, and and his mind might have just gone to the like the negative aspect of what he's experiencing. Because let's face it, human beings, by the most part, we're we're, we're a negative bunch. 
you know, we, we, we bomb the countries that we don't like because their God is different than ours. You know, we go in and we do things that then we say we don't do. I mean, human beings, we're kind of a negative war race. Uh, so when we see something out of the ordinary, we tend to go to the negative side of the spectrum almost 90% of the time. And that might have been just, you know, on his case, for example, in a lot of cases, not just his. I mean, even Travis Walton, for example. Look how negative and dark and scary the movie comes off, when in reality it wasn't that scary of a situation. Even he admits it in his book, then it really wasn't that bad. It wasn't as freaky as Hollywood tried to portray it. In fact, he even you know, now says that, you know what, maybe they brought me on board to save my ass because I might have been killed with this blast hit me. For running up to a big ball in the right. sky that I didn't even know and getting electrocuted. But you know, it took, uh, A lot of it, it his perspective, Travis, though. It's Travis years to actually come to that uh, to that conclusion. Not that that I mean he admitted right off the bat that they went overboard with the Hollywood end, but I think it took a long time for Travis to actually come to grips with that explanation. Yeah, and, and he, him being on my show also helped because I brought that up, and he's like, "Oh my well, God, Angel, I have a thought yes. here. I have a thought. <laughs> I have a thought. Um, you know, there's a film. It's my favorite Alien film. I think there, there's so many good ones, but." This one really tackles uh, the question that you just put forth. And if, if somebody wants to name this film, it is exactly quintessential on your watch list. If you haven't seen this film, I think it's about six to ten years old. And it it answers the question for this one species that came to Earth about assimilation and your question about how long it would take. And uh, what the film tells you is really it has to determine who the alpha is first, okay? So, for instance, if we're the alpha, then the assimilation factor, I think, increases. However, if we are not the alpha and the folks that are coming here are uh, looked at as gods, etc., then uh, assimilation. Uh, also, uh, something to think about as well is uh physical traits how how close to humanoid how far right. away from humanoid but the film it, can anybody take a guess here real quick it, is that from, uh, star trek and eh. good guess sorry um, not v huh oh that was a good guess too though um you're on the right track the arrival the original or yeah the original oh, arrival which another I good guess another good guess these are all uh, good guesses uh, back in me. <laughs> More than midnight, though. No, uh, it was a, it was a fantastic <laughs> film, and I thought they were going to do a sequel, and I think, it, I don't know if it got canned or what. The name of the film was called District 9. District oh, 9. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, i got to forget that. The prom. They yeah, are going to do it. They are doing a sequel to that. It's just not coming out yet. Give it time, but there is a sequel in the planning. The, the crazy but thing about that movie is aliens called prawns. They, yeah, they, they look like giant roaches. And but that was a negative connotation that we gave to them, uh, uh, like right. calling them the N word. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. So that brings up my question: You know, like how long would it take to see those type of creatures? Walking around and be assimilated. I don't think, we, as a human race, I don't think we'll ever be ready for that. It, it, it's sad to me to say no, that. No, we're never going to be ready for that. It'll never happen. 
Like it's it's awesome to see it on Star Trek and in Star Wars. We see all these d- different races just walking around with each other. Like it's all good, but in reality, I don't think human beings are ever going to be ready to see something like that just walking down the street. Yeah, I've, that's yeah. Be like the fact that we need to take I, a break in a couple minutes here. We have the the guest on at what time, Danny? When is he uh, going to be on? Uh, actually, should be we should be going to break now and having yeah, a moment. That time. It's probably a good time to take a break. Maybe good yeah, as any. Yeah. So, if you want to finish that up now, and then, or you want to finish it up on the other end of the break? Yeah, that's, uh, we'll come back and we'll, yeah, we'll talk about it with the, with the guest. Also, we'll ask him his thought. Sounds good. Perfect idea. Yeah, that way Chris could get his turn, and uh, the guest gets his turn, and uh, Jesse, want to ride us out of here for the break? Take Coming back after the break, <laughs> and now that we've uh, decided we're going to have a break. Uh, James West, what happens, our guest tonight, what happens if something goes terribly wrong on your sky-watching venture and all of a sudden you're part of the sky and the events taking place unfold? Fear, paranoia, reality, strange, 180 turning on you? Don't turn that dial. Coming back after the break, you cannot radio with the gang here. And our guest tonight, all the way from East Texas, Mr. James West. We'll be right back. Being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Roswell. UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 954 3374 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit Building Nancy Burns Feature Theater fans, listen up. You guys are in for a treat. For the next couple months, as you know, Bill and Nancy are off the air. They're on a little hiatus working on some side projects. Well, guess what? For the next couple months until they return... Jesse Randolph's Euphonaut Radio will be switching time slots to 10 p.m. Eastern till midnight, Monday nights, just to accommodate some live radio 
until the return of Bill and Nancy Burns. So here we go, guys. Remember this. Put it on your calendar for the next couple months. Euphonar Radio with Jesse Randolph, Christopher J. Brown, and myself will be live Monday nights at 10 p.m. till midnight. And then right after Euphonar Radio is done, guess what? We have a best of episode with Future Theater. Remember, we've been on the air with them for a couple years now here on PSN Radio. So we're going to play a best of Future Theater episode live following Euphonot Radio. So stick around for that, folks. This is Angel Espino once again for PSN Radio. Welcome back, Monday Night Euphonaut Radio. Jesse Randolph here on the mic with the gang. Of course, Chris J. Brown, the angel of ufology, Angel Espino, Danny, our producer, and our guest who's going to be on in a moment here. I just wanted to take a moment real quick. Uh, I saw in the chat room someone was uh, talking about the new Mars series that just recently started. Oh, yeah. Have you guys gotten a chance to check this thing out? I have. I, I saw mean, the, no. I saw the first episode. It was cool. It was really cool. It was. It was. It surprised me, but it, that it was so cool. But it was very well done. I'm telling you, if you guys look, the next generation, and and our guest is a good segue for our guest James West tonight. The next generation wants more. Whether you want to call them millennials or young people, whatever the hell you want to call them, uh, they want more out of everything. Whether it's a telephone or technology mm-hmm. in general. But with ufology, they definitely want more. So this Mars show is all about taking it there. You know, what, what is it going to be like to really go there? And what they did was they really got granular with some of the people who were working on this right now. And they kind of cut and paste it together where you're getting some of them as well. And I'm, I'm doing the best job I can to explain it. But if you get a chance, check out this new program. It's called Mars, I believe. Somebody in yeah. the chat room might be able to tell. I'm not sure if it's History Channel or not, but it's, it's all. Na- it's yeah, national. I think it's not Geo, but I actually saw it on the. I, I signed up for Hulu. It's on sale right now. The commercial version for five ninety nine a month, which I really didn't need to do that, but I went ahead and did it. And uh, it it's on Fox now, which is an application you can run on your phone or, or your Roku or your PC. But yeah, that's where they had it streaming. That was Fox. Now I'm sure you could get it on that Geo. Let me check. Yeah. I'll check the DVR to see. My, my, that might take the place of my my current favorite show right now, which is uh, Candle Cove. Have any any of you guys been watching that? No, never even heard oh, of Channel it. Channel Zero Candle Cove. Mm-hmm. It's on Sci-Fi. Mm-hmm. You get a chance, and you like scary stuff. This is for you. Mm-hmm. That is my tip of the day. Now, moving on. Let's keep 
moving like a freight train here into the night. We've got our guest. We've been talking for the past hour about what would you do if something happened to you while you're trying to be this big shot out there and about going, oh, I'm hunting Bigfoot or I'm looking for Loch Ness or I'm looking for a saucer. I'm so pissed. I never see him. I have people complain all the time. I, I go places, but I don't see him. Well, do you really want to see him or do you still want to see him like in the zoo where you get to just sit there and kind of poke at the tiger or poke at the gorilla, but it's on your terms. This is what we're talking about with District 9. Who's the alpha here? In District 9, we were the alpha. We told these people what to do. We had them in in camps, if you remember. They were refugees. We yeah. told them what to eat and what to where to sleep and and that it was on our terms. That's how the assimilation worked. I agree with Angel. I don't think we're ready for that on almost every level. I don't think we're ready. And by the way, we got to remember in District 9, not only were we the alpha, uh, we were the alpha because of the situation they were in. I mean, they were stuck. It's not like they could go anywhere. They weren't, like, powerful enough or bright enough right. to get the ship to work again. We're not dealing with the, the uh, really with their alpha that actually brought them or had the technology to bring them here. Uh, so you're, you're dealing with a slave race to begin with in District 9. Not yeah, that's an interesting point. Right. right. I mean, so now you gotta, you gotta think about it. What if an alien race does come down here that is more advanced? Because let's be honest, we haven't conquered that technology supposedly to go to, you know, another light, you know, mother star and uh, travel there back, you know, with quickness. So imagine if you're a race that could do that, it could do it in a very short amount of time. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're gonna be the alpha no matter, you know, what kind of planet you go to that is like earth especially in our development stage we're type zero so if you're dealing with a type one or two or three civilization yeah they're always going to be the alpha to us it's just the way it is right which is why some of the better scientific minds of our generation uh are saying hey don't try to contact aliens man yeah don't start don't do that why we're kind of saying hey come on down we're here mess with us do what you want because if they can get here, chances are what Angel's saying is true. It's going to be a type one, two, or three, and that's they're going to be gods to us. Right? Well, well, maybe not necessarily gods, not necessarily gods, or but demons. I mean, definitely, or not even that. They're, whatever they're going to be, they're going to be much more advanced. They're, they could wipe us out instantly. So you better pray that whatever you're getting is friendly. That it's not out here to do you harm, and when they get here, yeah, you don't want to. You might not have to treat them like gods per se, because maybe they're not coming down here with that kind of mentality. But you got to be very, very humble and very hospitable and very proper in the way you treat these beings. It's not just like they're trying to shoot them out of the sky. But then you bring up another all kinds of issues. Well, you bring up another interesting. What are the protocols involved? And there are official. Well, I think there are. I, I actually, well, it might be. I think. Point, yeah. I think there are official protocols that are in place in the case of what, exactly what we are talking about. If there is uh, to a T, just like uh, the day the Earth stood still, when, when when they didn't know right. how to react, right? And they right, they right, reacted right. incorrectly. A lot of people think uh, Roswell was handled so incorrectly that we did some injustices there. Um, i.e., you know, what we did with the bodies and such, and i.e., survivors. But let's fast forward. Let's get our guest on uh, on the line here and get him involved in the conversation. James, are you with us? Yes, indeed. How's it going, guys? 
Well, it's going pretty good. I think we're getting a little, we're getting really, uh, you, you started off this great conversation for us about what, what is it that you really want, which is sometimes a conversation I have with the honorable sometimes when, uh, you know, he's dealing with a lot of, uh, feelings and emotions. Uh, if you heard last week's show, there was a pretty, uh, strange occurrence that happened that, uh, got him a little choked up. But the point being is that he's an experiencer. This is, you know, you know, how do you deal with these sort of situations? And all of a sudden we're talking about you coming on tonight. And by chance, someone had mentioned that, you know, he's had some strange things happen to you out there. So why don't we start first with who you are, where you're calling in from? And why don't you tell us how you got into ufology? Because you, you have a pretty extensive background. Right, right. Um, it's, the thing is, I didn't plan for this. It planned for me per se, or it it happened by chance or destiny. I don't. Well, however you want to see it, because my profession, I was a salesman. I, I was a I, I sold cell phones and technology and you know just just the average Joe pretty much. Like I was going to college, I was selling cell phones, I was had a part time job overnight. You know the the normal thing that for a millennial nowadays they have to work two or three jobs just to make a living. So that that's who I was at the point where this really kicked off into where it dragged me into this field because it I had had a past to where I was kind of like frightened to even to consider the possibility that this is a reality. You know what I'm saying? Like I was frightened to even consider that this is not the the, the top of the level because uh, largely because uh, uh, my religious background. And secondly, that's, that's just, whoa, whoa, there's these, these intelligent beings out there that are, they could do anything to us. You know, the, the possibilities are endless. And well, James, really- let's back up. Let's back up for a second because we got to bring the audience up to speed so they can understand what that sentence just meant, which is that I didn't choose this. It chose me, right? Which makes a lot of sense and right. which is intriguing. So why don't you help get us up to speed on how that developed into a situation? I mean, you said that you didn't really pick ufology per se or the paranormal, but yet you sort of fell into it. Can you describe how that happened? Okay. Okay. So where it all started for me is, uh, I've lived all over the country, but predominantly in Texas. Uh, largely because my family is a military family moving all over the country, uh, base to base, uh, you know how that goes. And I had seen, and or our family had seen several sightings, several sightings from as far back as I can remember is probably six years old is the first one, where we were actually, uh, at, in the parking lot of a Piggly Wiggly. They don't, I don't think those exist anymore, but, uh, I, we were sitting out in the parking lot. And these three white lights, uh, came flying over the, the building and they kind of hovered there. And we thought, man, what is that? And my stepdad had said, uh, that's probably flares. But two hours later, those flares were still there. <laughs> so that was my, uh, very first sighting. So you, you go on forward and I had seen a couple more sightings, East Texas and it's, it's, uh, paranormal city, uh, Ghost and the whole nine yards, but there was one event where <clears throat> where I was uh in bed and I was still young. I was probably like eleven or twelve, 
and I woke up in my bed, laid down on my back, couldn't move. I could only look straight up at the ceiling, and I could look. Uh, no, I could. I like my my head was uh, stiff. I I could only point my face towards the ceiling, but my eyes could move around. If that makes sense. And in the peripherals of my vision, I could see what looked like gray beings around me. And boom, it, that was it. I, I saw the beings, and that's all I can remember. I was about eleven or uh, ten or eleven. So uh, just to cut in for a second and let everybody breathe. It sounds to me as though you've had almost a classic case abduction experience, it sounds to me, by the uh, worker bees, quote-unquote, gray-type beings, correct? So that that's what it would seem like. But from that point on, like from, from that point on, from 10 or 11, I can't exactly pinpoint it anymore because a lot of things happened since then. Uh, I was trying to, like, repress that event. Like that, like I repressed it so much, so much until like I get into my teenage years and it's, it was just a dream. Like I've convinced myself at this point when I got into my teenage years that that's a dream. That's, that's probably from watching too many scary movies. That's probably from watching, uh, extra, uh, the third kind, you know, that's still a Spielberg movie. <laughs> sure. But anyhow, um, it, it wasn't an isolated incident, so I later, uh, came out, so I later came to find out. Uh, <clears throat> but my, my family was always interested in, you know, the paranormal topic and religious and life after death and all that good stuff. Uh, so from that point, there wasn't a whole lot that went on. I saw a, a few weird events, uh, with lights flying around. In East Texas, above the treetops, but I usually just, you know, repressed it. Just try to rationally explain it, like you would. Uh, I'm a teenager, I'm not trying to be some kind of crazy UFO nut at that time. <laughs> sure, that's what. That leave that for us. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll, there. <laughs> that's what. That's older folk stuff. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't until I got out of high school, like the year I got out of high school, and. The summer of the year I got out of high school, so I was 18. I was uh, camping with my dad and my uh, two brothers, my younger brother, older brother. And we were fishing, and it was probably about 1130. And above the treetops on the other side of the lake, we saw, or it was me first. I was the first one that saw it. And I saw this light come up above the trees. And at first, I, when I first noticed it, rational explanation, oh, that's just the, uh, uh, a cell tower. That there's, it's just a rational explanation. So I tried to ignore, I tried to ignore it and I tried to fish. And 10 minutes later, I look over at it again and it's about twice as high as it was before. I'm like, okay, that's a little weird. <laughs> it's getting describe a little bit higher. It, describe it. Uh, it was a, um, a, a large uh, ball of amber. It's amber. It's almost like I I've seen more of it now after that. But if you actually sit it up close, it almost looks like flowing lava and flames kind of mixed together. It's it's an amber plasma. It's it's a weird combination. But it, this particular event was at a distance. And just to let you know, and anyone listening right now, uh, East Texas UFOs, I have uh, videos of several events, so you can go check that out. And actually, I I filmed. 
2013, the same event that I'm describing now. So there's a pretty good reference to that. It's called East Texas U, uh, it's called UFO over Lake O the Pines, East Texas. I think that's what it's called, something like that. But it should be in my playlist that I provided for you guys, so you could check that out. I did check it out. Well, okay. it kind of sounds very similar to what our Chris J. Brown here uh, saw. Chris. That's what I was Yeah, say. well, that's what I was going to yeah. leap in here. It's like when you were expi- describing the plasma, was it anything, if you go in your mind, was it, did it look like a ball? Like a like maybe course, there could have yes. been a sphere, and within the sphere was you could see a little, what looked like an amber red, a glow. What maybe what you're saying a a a, a liquid type of plasma type is that what you're describing? Within, well, the first, within, the, within the center of the sphere. Well, with the first one, it was it was so far away that it just looked like a really bright uh, amber light. So yeah. these first sightings, it, like, I wasn't actually close enough to get that detail that was at a later, later down the road. Okay. So at the time, it was just, it was just that, uh, one that popped up there. And eventually, I was like, hey dad, you see that? <laughs> I'm like, what is that over there? He's like, oh, that, oh, this is a plane or something. And he thought it was a plane. And then 10 minutes later, to the right and to the left, slowly really really slow it's it two of two identical orbs flying right next to this one two identical ones flying so you have a formation of three and then the all three of these after they get formed up in a formation of three one two three evenly spaced out across they start rising up and they're slowly rising 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 until at one point they just disappear all three of them just vanished in a blink of an eye. And you can see that happening in in the video that I, I mentioned uh, a second ago. Sure. And and when they that, and when you go they, they they took off when you're when you're staring at them did you, did you did you get a sense of when you were looking at them that that maybe uh they might have been spinning there that the orb itself might have been spinning in the sense, uh, but but maybe when it was up higher in the air, it was spinning so f- maybe so fast that you for for a person that maybe hadn't seen it close enough wouldn't be able to tell. But uh, is that something you, you, you kind of goes back in your head? So with with that particular event, uh, again, it was uh, definitely too far to to say that for sure. But okay. in more recent sightings, I have seen it to where it does look like you, like it's moving. You can see the flow of whatever this sure. material is around the outside of the object, or or what I later came to find out as an object around the the perimeter up. And and that's with the big ones. I, little ones, I'm not 100 percent sure what that is, but the big ones, I know <laughs> it's uh, some kind of a plasma layer that. I can explain that later. Let me finish this part. Uh, well, anyway, there was that first uh, event, and that was like, whoa. Yeah. And so I thought it was just going to end there. Like, we, we just all kind of brushed it off later, and it, it was just going to be a campfire story, and it was a one-off, sure. and everybody's everybody gets one that they can really talk about. No, it didn't end there. Yeah, I get <laughs> so, that. I get that, sure. So we went camping later that summer, and it happened again. 
exactly the same. And I ignored it. I specifically ignored it. But the crazy thing is, they were, they started off in the same position. The, the, the one started out in the same position. When I first noticed it, I'm like, oh, don't do, don't tell me this is happening again. Because like I said, it's like a, it's slowly forcing my perspective to realize its, its existence. And, and what time? Up, what time of day? Uh, what type? What, what, when this happened? The next later, the the next time they're talking about what time was this? When this all was going on? Uh, every every single one of these happened an hour after sundown. Hour so after at sundown. that at that time in the summer, I think sun went down uh, eight thirty nine o'clock in the afternoon. And so what, was, what month? What month was it? Do you remember? It it was um it was. August, I think. I think okay. it was August. All right. Okay. Well, keep going. See, that's very funny. You're saying all this because my encounter happened right after sundown. About well, it was not about an hour. It was just right, maybe a half hour. Uh, well, I don't know, but then an hour, I guess. And um, it was in August also. And so I'm just just doing little tallies in my brain. Just sorry. Keep going there, James. Okay. Okay. And yeah, it, I later came to find out that they love sundown. It's that's I'll, I'll get into that. Uh, it came up, and I ignored it. Did the same thing. Slowly rose up. Oh, uh, that's just it's just something. I don't know. My brain was like it's something. Yeah. And it came up, and it started drifting. Just mm-hmm. the one that was by itself started drifting over towards where I'm like forcing myself to look a different direction. I'm I decided to fish in a different spot on the bank so I could look a different direction. Oh wow. And and it starts drifting over there. So it was still light took, enough it was so it was still light enough though you could be out fishing, huh? Oh so right, right. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean if it was pitch black we would have, you know, a sure. lantern or or something. Mm-hmm. We weren't going to let the darkness stop stop us from fishing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was light enough I could you know, you could see the the caps of the the small waves in a in a sure. lake, and you can kind of see that glimmer on top of. It's bright enough to see that, but it wasn't like a full moon out or anything. But you you were you were determined to try and not see those. It sounds like uh, at this point, at this point, at this I was point, the, yeah. I okay. did not, <laughs> but it, it 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 floated over into my perspective, and at the same time, once this one starts getting into my perspective, to the left of my perspective. From a, di- a little bit different spot, but in my mind, I'm like, don't, don't show up. Don't, I don't want to see another one to the left and another one flies in from the left. And after that, I was like, dad, you see those? You remember that? You remember that? He's like, yeah, that's weird lights. And I said, watch, watch the right side, watch the right side. One's going to come in. And then right after that, about a minute or so after that, another one starts drifting in from the right and they all three, are lined up there, just the same as they were the previous time, except they're s- sitting right where I was, sit- like looking towards. And so, how far was that from from you at that at that particular time? Okay, I actually did the math since then. The first one, the first time it happened, it was uh, about a half mile away, because I went on right. to Google Earth and did the. It, it was in between a half mile to maybe a mile, but I don't think so because of the yeah. the size of the objects. The second time it was a lot closer, so it was about a quarter of a mile away, because right. there's there's actually uh, every lake in Texas except Caddo Lake is the one exception is a man-made lake. It's either dammed off or or it's dug out and filled. Right. So so there's this uh, there's this uh, levee 
that lets the water like keeps the water in and it regulates how much water is going up. This is this is the way where this is the way I'm looking now. Instead of towards like the lake, I'm looking off to the left to, towards where the levee goes. And this is where the the um the three objects kind of all hover at. And that levee was exactly uh, a quarter mile away from where I was sitting. And uh, there's a it's thick woods back in there, like. Beyond the levee, it's like you, you go right into fairy tale, deep, dark forest. It's, it's thick and we've been in there hunting, hunting for hogs and stuff. It's pretty creepy. Excuse me. But that's where the uh, one to the left came up out of. It, it was actually started out pretty low to where it looked like it came out of the trees. And I, I had thought at first, maybe, maybe, just maybe it's a, uh, one of those uh, Chinese lanterns, but it wasn't because it kept happening and it kept happening again. So another, it was a year, a year passed. It didn't happen anymore until the next year. It's same, same time. What, same year, time. what year was that? What year, what year was, was that? that? Um, yeah. That was, I think it was 2010. Okay. All right. Yeah, J- James, James, yeah. when these, uh, when these happenings occurred, how did they end? Did they always end the same way? Did they end differently? Did you walk away? Did the the object move away? How did they end? They always uh, disappeared. They always disappeared. It, with these first events, they always disappeared. They always it, it happened okay. uh, three or four times. So the last time was like, okay, the third the third time's a charm. Uh, there was three three times that I know for sure happened. Uh, uh, if another time happened, I, I can't recall it in full detail. But the, these three times, the last time it was like the third time's a charm. Okay, like I, I was like, okay, you're gonna show up. Like in my mind, I wasn't like physically asking for it, but my subconscious was asking. This, for was, it. this was this was in 2010. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Now how many? Now how many? Now how many years had this been since the last encounter? By the way, uh, since the last encounter. Uh, yeah. Since the ones the one, before that, I had seen. I had seen uh, the last one was probably in two thousand and three or four that I can uh, remember. And there, there was a, an, actually, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Two thousand three, two thousand four, right. and that was where I had saw a a white orb flying above the trees in a neighborhood behind mine, and it was it was strange. But I only saw it for a split second, and it was really bright. But yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, you will continue. Continue on with your your what you're gonna. Yeah, yeah. With 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 the three orbs, the the lake of the pines. You can look it up for yourself. It's a real lake in a real place. You'll see the levee, the dam, oh. and everything. Um, yeah. Uh, three times on the third time, like I was sitting there, and this time I had uh my mom was there, and I, I was telling her, watch, just watch, just watch this over here. And she's like, watch why? What are you talking about? I said, there's going to be an orange light. There's going to be orange, uh, amber light over there. And then there's going to be three. And they're all going to come in from different directions, one from left, one from the right. She's like, what are you t-? And it happened exactly like I described it in the, the time before that. And it was interesting to them, but it was almost like it bounced off their brain. Like, it, you know, the, the denial thing where you... You lot, you have to put some rational explanation to it. It really didn't bother them. But to me, on that third time, that was like the breaking down of my wall. That was like, 
like I, I was fighting back tears at that time because it was like, there's something more to this and I got to look, I really have to look into this because my curiosity was beyond, because it was almost like it was responding, responding to me because I literally was avoiding it and it was moving <laughs> to where I was avoiding it. So I felt like it was interacting to me in some degree or yeah. if not, it was a strange occurrence and I was damn well set to prove that it it was a rational explanation. So that's sure. when I like, that's when I like tried to explain it any possible way that I could. Uh, got several friends that I knew, uh, to watch, uh, every night, different angles, different locations, mm-hmm. uh, did the math, uh, gridded everything out on Google Earth <laughs> to the best of my ability. I understand all that. I get it. 100, 110% Lou Fregno style. Right. So well, it was kind of, it was kind of like the birth of something right then. And uh, well, during well, during this during this period, it was um, it was me getting everybody interested into it because of the, that strange story. And there were several several sightings that we started to see when, once everyone starts paying attention. And one of the things that uh, I, I started to realize when I watched, like I was, this was my extra, extracurricular activity, pretty much, where I was sky watching almost every single night, it, almost a rare occasion. Even when I wasn't sky watching, I could not. I, I would like practically get a crick in my neck because I couldn't stop looking upwards everywhere. Like look, look like I'm like uh, some meth head that can't stop looking around, man. <laughs> that kind of thing. But I couldn't stop looking at the sky because I I wanted to see more proof. I wanted to prove, or I wanted this to prove me wrong. Well, James, uh, can I ask you a question? I don't mean to interrupt, but you sure, seem very interested in what you were seeing and the way that you're portraying it was that your parents, uh, well, I don't know, if, I, I can't recall if you said parents or parent, but um, whoever was with you was disinterested or they, that this wasn't as big a deal to them. Um, could you elaborate on that just a little bit before you move on? Well, I, d- I don't know if any of you have a, a religious background, but that definitely yes, I do. It's it's, it's it's like a mental barrier. Well, like, well, let's just let's just pause it right here from 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 two angles, and this goes to me and and Angel, and Angel and I both. Well, I'm my wife's a Jehovah Witness, and Angel. Okay. Grew up Jehovah Witness, and so we're the two people right here that have been preached and jammed down our throat about how these are bad and, and the aliens are demons and blah 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 blah. So yeah, we get all that. Right, right. right, right. And I was raised Baptist, uh, so yeah, I would definitely have a hard time justifying this with the with the uh, you know the spiritual side that I grew up with and the spiritual side that resides in me to to this day. What what I'm trying to understand is is that if that's the way that you were raised, why didn't your parents have a hard time uh, with this, justifying this? Do, do well, the saying? thing is, it's like they were blocking it out. It, at least, I, even when I brought it up to them, it's they're like, oh, well, okay. There was even one one particular event where uh, a friend of my my uh, my uh, yeah, it was my stepmother. And I had shown her her friend's house Mm -hmm. and her friend's house was there was this UFO that flew right over her friend's house. And it has these two flashing lights on it that were amber colored, but it almost was flashing like it was a a railroad sign. You know how it's like ding, ding, ding on each side. It was like that. And if you look at the video, 
this is at treetop level, so it's no more than 100 feet off the ground because the trees were pine trees and uh, those particular ones were probably 60, 70 feet tall. So this thing's skimming the treetop, so it's no more than 100 feet. And it's ding, 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 ding. It's flying over her house, and it flies straight towards me, not making a single sound. Not It does not make a sound. And it's huge. It has to be at least the size of a, a full-size plane at this point. And it cuts a hard left, and then tink, 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 tink. You, you see on the video, all these different random lights start popping up on it. Then all of a sudden, it has a, a red light and a green light. And it's still silent, dead silent. And this thing is, like, from where I'm at, it's no more than a thousand feet away from me. And I'm freaking out in the, in the video. I'm like, holy, holy shit. You can hear, you can hear, like, the, the, the stress in my voice. I'll freaked out. Like, I wasn't, like, scared at that, that particular point, but, uh, I was definitely excited. So it, it was, I showed, I showed him, I showed her that video. And she's like, that's weird. So I'm like, you want to go, you want, you want to go and I can show you this? Like we can go, we can go, we can go figure this out. And there's like, probably not. Huh? No, that's okay. So, <laughs> so it was, like, was a, like, like a spiritual or religious, uh, denial on, on their level. It's not something that they, they were willing to, wanted to ignore it and just, it's not something that they wanted to deal with. It's, it, it was, it was like, I, I don't know. It's like yeah, a disassociation with reality is what it, it felt like. Well, that makes sense too, because this is like, this is the type of thing that, uh, you know, that this can, this totally can wreck people's, uh, society uh, doesn't raise you to expect this reality. Like it doesn't demand you to expect that ET calls home. There's no, there's no school of learning how to deal with ETs flying over your house at night and possibly sucking you up in a ship and raping you or right. probing you or whatever you want to think of it. There's nothing that prepares you. So, so that's James, that's the. You know, only- it, 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 let me stop you right there, not to cut you off, but I need to cut you off uh, because I want to ask you the question I asked earlier before we went on break. Uh, how long do you think it would take society to uh, get used to? Having aliens integrate with us, and how long do you think it would really take for us to, you know, have it become something normal that we don't look at as weird, or we don't get frightened by the differences between our being and their being? Um, you know, we all had kind of like a hard time pointing out a, in a specific amount of time, uh, and I don't even think we're ready to see anything that even looks slightly different from us, let alone something that looks like something from District Nine. For example, it looks like giant cockroaches. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how long do you think it would take? For example, yeah. Well, well if, first if they thing, were to land. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you guys mentioned District Nine because uh, that back in the day that used to be my favorite movie, even before the UFO stuff. That was because I think it came out in '08 or '09, right? So that was before it really kicked yeah, off. It's a popular movie, yeah. Yeah. It's funny, oh, to, hear people like, say, it's funny to hear. By the way, it's funny to hear for me for, to hear people say uh, back in the day. 2008, 2009. Yeah, yeah, really. Huh? I'm, I'm, a, wow. I'm pretty young. <laughs> well, James, James is a, he's a younger guy, but um, I had a, a terrific chat with him uh, the other day for about an hour, and he's certainly wise, you know, in his, uh, 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 how do they say that, uh, wisdom. Uh, now I'm forgetting what I'm trying You're to say. You're older beyond your oh, years, young man. That's it. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you, boss. 
Well, the first way to become wise is to be internally honest with yourself. That's the, the, the biggest lesson that I took from everything, from everything. The most important thing that you could possibly do is to be honest with yourself. That's You can't go anywhere in life uh, morally without being internally honest with yourself because that's what it takes to even go at this stuff, really. It, it takes you to stop and to, to really question yourself. Like Before you can question what this is, you have to be set and grounded with yourself. So that, so how, that was my... How, 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 how long do you think it will take society, though, to uh, get used to the whole shebang? Well, uh, some information that I got to run, ran in, run into because of this, uh, we're looking at 2090. Because in order for people to be able to get their heads around this, it's it's just it would be more than that. They have to get their heads around. The entire machine that we live in. Two thousand and ninety years before we, no, we two, come to like we were like the okay, year two thousand cool, or the year two thousand and ninety. Year two thousand and ninety. That's is, that is was that the answer. That's what, what disclosures are going to happen, or like how long it will take? No, us no, no. A ship lands it's, tomorrow. It'll take us to two thousand and ninety. Because damn, that's pretty slow. Well, I, I ran into a couple people during all of this, and and I, I had my own close encounters. And because of that, I kind of got to have an, a perspective that other people don't get to have. And it's really hard to prove to you this perspective, but I can tell you it and you can decide. It's, you can decide if I'm t- like, however no, you want no, to. I, I understand that. I don't think you're understanding my, uh, my question here though. Like my follow-up question to, to the answer of 2090. Uh, the follow-up question is, uh, would it take 2090 years or are we talking about the year 2090? Uh, that's when we're gonna get what disclosure or what, what do you mean 2090 exactly? Or is that okay. We're gonna we're gonna have disclosure and it's gonna take us till 2090 before we're like, all right, we're cool with little gray guys walking around and going to the malls <laughs> with us and stuff. And it's all good, little gray guys, little green guys, little purple guys. Hey, you too, you blue guys. Not so much for the pink guys in the bank. You know, we still don't like the pink. Get out of here. But for the rest of y'all, we're cool. I mean, it, is it going to be something like that? Like, you know, we segregate them, we throw them, you know, aside until the year 2090, and then, like, that veil list in 2090, and they're like, hey, it's okay, guys, we're all friendly now. Like, like what does the answer 2090 mean, per se? Well, the first, I asked some questions, and I got some answers. So we were supposed to have disclosure in 2012. That's the basic answer that I got. And things, like, from whatever perspective that they had, things went uh, awry. And the, the ideal strategy is disclosure before uh, then. Disclosure post-2012. It was supposed to happen 2012, but things went awry. So disclosure is supposed to happen any day. So that's what I've been told. So it could happen tomorrow, it could happen five years down the road, but the way it looks like it's heading, hopefully it's going to be sooner than that. But, but by 2090, is that is, the, that is the goal that basically we can, you know, be semi-normal with another being. It, it, I'm sure it's going to take several generations before we can all Star Trek Genesis flying amongst the, the solar system right. with another being. 
check it out. Look, I'm with it. You know, took the civil rights movements and stuff. You know, to get us integrated with black and whites, and now you know we have interracial relationships, and it's all good. I don't mind waiting to 2090 or 95 or whatever to like you know we are integrated with alien beings, and then you know maybe there's some sexy looking alien females out there. You never know. <laughs> right. Gonna, so how you gonna wait till then, though, Angel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't wait that long. Hey, you know, if they abduct me now and they look good, I'm ready to go. <laughs> right. Uh, the thing is, you know, every 2,000 years or so, uh, there's there's a, a savior, essentially. There's this pinnacle or this person, like, I think it was uh, Moses and it was Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ. Yep. And you have some others. So every 2,000 years, there's a, a, a pinnacle in our history, or, or to say, there's, there's always this pinnacle. And I, we're, we're due for another pinnacle. So that's when that calendar ended, you know, the Mayan calendar, the whole doomsday thing. Supposedly, supposedly, that's when, you know, our, the next pinnacle was supposed to happen. Right. And it's really, it's really hard to explain all of this without to give you a lot of details and background and, Everything, but that's essentially what I what I've came to find well, maybe out. The Mayans were just like, yeah, we're we're running out of uh, time here. Let's just stop counting because who cares? Two thousand twelve. <laughs> right. Jesus Christ, man, that's a long time from now. Well, let me get let me jump in here for a second, James, because <laughs> yeah. you know humor is is a really good coping mechanism for a lot of this information for a lot of people. Sometimes yes. it's good humor, like what we're having tonight with some of it, and. You're a real good sport too, because some of this stuff uh, is labeled as traumatic by many of the experiencers we have on. And you have a very, uh, I would say, grounded way of looking at all this. And you also have a very strong will. Uh, how old are you? Uh, twenty-six. Okay, you're twenty-six years old. You're coming across as knowledgeable. Oh. You're coming across as enlightened. And I, I'm putting that out there. I don't know how the panel feels, but not only are you articulate and you're explaining and describing these events in a way that, to me, makes sense. There's no mumbo-jumbo here. This is real experiences that you had. Um, so I guess where I want to take I'm still not the clear time. in 2090. Go ahead. Like, I'm still not clear in 2090. Like. Well, two, 2090 is the... Uh, okay, there's a, you, you've all seen the, um, what is it called? It's not a bell curve, but it's a, it's a graph where you see basically the evolution of humanity. And it's, it's pretty like just a straight line, barely gradually getting higher and higher and higher. Then all of a sudden you have this, where it's just straight up, the graph just skyrockets upward. And that's uh-huh. where we're re- reaching. We're basically at the, the very tippy top of this, at this, um, there, there's a great video by, I cannot pronounce the name of it, but it's, it, I might have to give it to you later, but by this guy that, that describes it. It's, it's the human, there's, there's human, or, or there's pre-human, then there's, there's human, and then there's man. And we're in, we're in the, uh, human stage, and we're right at the pinnacle between, uh, human in man. Man is essentially when we reach space age, when we're, when we work out our differences here enough to where we're smart enough to say, hey, 
maybe we shouldn't fight over this piece of land or maybe we shouldn't fight over this old text or something like that or greed or well, money. That, that's almost describing going from a type zero civilization to a type one civilization where Dr. Machi, uh, Michio Kaku uh, described as us uh, going from being Earth-based, you know, planetary beings to now we're space travelers, we're more scientific, we get to do warp speed and travel to other galaxies, you know, with a short distance of time. We can travel all, all around our own solar system here and in short periods of time. And, uh, you know, that's the type 1 civilization, and that's where we're on the cusp of becoming unless we blow ourselves into smithereens, which... <laughs> It's a pretty good chance we're going to do that anyway, but uh, either either or, I mean, unless that happens, we're maybe about a hundred years from now from uh, actually making that transition to a type one civilization, give or take maybe ten or fifteen years. So again, when you say twenty ninety, that's an interesting number to me because you're right on the cusp of that exact number of Michiokaku's, uh, you know, type one civilization transition. We're on that cusp now of becoming that tra- of doing that transition. The next eighty years is very crucial for our society. Very, very it is, and that that's gonna be. This is where like the most history happens right now, within within our lifetimes. This is when the most history on that graph happens. You you, you know how it just gradually gets sharper and sharper upturn. This is the sharpest turn. We're about to hit that the very top, and then we're gonna level out again. We're gonna level out again, and that's when we reach the space age because that's when we kind of like plateau in our. And our capabilities as, as far as now on the evolutionary chain, uh, that's where we're reaching. We're right about to go over that hump and the, and the way he explain uh, he explains it in his video. This is a professor. It's not, uh, the guy you named the, the name you I sure can't pronounce not, either. You sure it's not Michio Kaku? No, it wasn't him. But so I'm, I'm he, sure is he, he, an, is he an, is he an Asian fellow? No, he's from Texas. <laughs> well, he, yeah, well, he could be like an Asian Texan. I don't know. They got no, uh, very, very boring guy to listen to as far as his voice. And no, that's not, no, that's not Michio Kaku. He's fun to listen to. That. I, no, I can he, sit there he's for hours like, and just listen to the guy talk. He's, he's awesome. He, the way the way he talks is probably <laughs> probably you could think of the most boring uh, college professor ever. But his information is like, damn, that sounds that just sounds like you hit it right on the nail. Just a tell. What's that? Jason Martell? No, I don't think any... Uh, no. Like, he's he's not real big popular. He's more of a local guy, but he's extremely intelligent guy. And okay. he describes everything great and makes graphs, and it's like 2001 graphics and everything, but it's still great. Great information. But yeah, we're, we're right on that rock, cusp. Rock on with it. And right, cool. he explains the most the most hist- history happens in that, in that cusp. But anyhow... Uh, there's, there's sometimes there's, there's variables that go down and, and from what I've came to find out, uh, take it for whatever it is, uh, we're not the only, the only race in the, in the, in the universe and we're not, we've been, we're not waiting to, uh, for civilization to find us. That's happened a long time ago. Hell, we're and not the only race on this planet Earth. No, 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 no. <laughs> Right. I mean, there's all kinds of animal races on this. I mean, look, the, the way uh, people look at it is like, oh, we're going to find aliens, and they're going to be just like us, or you know, very, they're going to be smart. Uh, but they don't give to account that there's all kinds of different races of animals on this planet to begin with. So I believe the universe is abundant with life. I think there's something something people often forget to life. even look. Sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, something... 
something a lot of people tend to overlook. And, and I mean, granted, because, I mean, not everybody's an archaeologist or a geologist that can go out there and dig and look through ancient civilizations. they got to take somebody's word for it, right? It's like, oh, this bone is this, this many years old. And you're going to – the professionals are going to take that for granted. And, I mean, you, you occasionally have, like, the star child and, and all these other bones. I think that you were talking about that on a previous show. Uh, you run across that kind of stuff. But you, you got to look at the how long the Earth has been here. It's been here, what, according to our scientists, 4.5 billion years old. It's It's been here a long-ass time. Oh, don't get, don't get me started on that road because the scientists don't know anything about that. It's... How do you What's even that? measure that? I mean, that's, so don't get me started on that road because scientists don't even know how to really measure the time or the the age of the planet. Right, Let right, alone right. the age of the universe, the age of anything. I mean, they're not – at first it was like, oh, no, 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 the, <laughs> the universe has been around for 14 billion years, but now maybe 24 billion years, and it keeps expanding, expanding. Now they're saying that maybe we're not actually expanding at all, but that we're looking at it wrong. I mean, look, the scientists don't know crap when it comes to space. Okay, okay, they okay. know very little. I, 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 I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. And that's the kind of way I was phrasing it. But, uh, what, what the point I was getting to is, it, or it's been here a long ass time. And we, we can is, only that really. That's one thing we definitely, we, we can definitely agree on that. It's been here for a very long it's time. It's been here. It's been here a long time, yes. And th- there's a certain point to where things start to degrade so much that even with the quote unquote, like the, the highest technology that we have, we can't really tell how old it is, where it's from, or, or things degrade, things erode, things break down. The, the, the point that I'm getting to is, uh, from what I've been told, we're not the only civilization beyond the farthest, like, Samaritans and the farthest back civilizations we know. We're not the first civilization that was raised up on this earth. And we'd be foolish just to automatically assume that. And because you look at uh, these types of planets in the solar system, these are like rare gems, you know, uh, the perfect alignment that our, our planet is in the solar system and the perfect alignment that our, our moon is to where if it was a, just a little bit off kilter or a little bit further away or the nights wouldn't be a perfect cycle. We have a perfect night and day cycle because the moon's a perfect distance. and It's a perfect planet, what I'm saying. It's it's a setup. It's a it's almost like a breeding ground, per se, for species is what I've come to uh, theorize based off of what I've been told because I can't physically point it out to you. I can just give you examples that might sound like it might be right in your mind. Hey, James, let me jump yeah, yeah. in here and try to get us back in center a little bit because I want to take this someplace with the last half hour we have. Okay. Uh, you know, We were talking about some of your abduction experiences. Uh, yes. Or... I don't even know if we got into detail if these were actual full-blown abductions. Do you have any memories of what happened to you? Were you actually taken? Okay, I'll try to. I'll try not to get in too much detail because it's kind of a lot to explain. Uh, there was okay. The, uh, there was this group that I built built up, like I was saying. That's kind of where I was heading. Uh, at the peak, we had ten people working uh, loosely together. We um, Considered considered ourselves East Texas UFOs. It was mainly guys. There was a few chicks in there, and it was me, my friend, my best friend at the time, and my cousin uh, were the ones doing most of the hard work, and everybody else was just kind of like you know guest guest in our little adventures <laughs> to figure everything out. And we were all filming. We 
pulled together, got video cameras and everything. So we made it our our mission to find out what the hell was flying over. Because the more we looked into it, the more we more we found. And it, we kept finding so much and filming so much to the point to where, man, we write down the dates, times, events, and everything, just keeping track of it all chronologically. Mm-hmm. And okay. I, I could figure out the schedule of these crafts, and I knew where they were going to be at what time, during what place, and I could get there before they did and set up my camera and film them. I could take, I could literally go find like, like a friend or someone that didn't know about this. I could. How did you them. find them? How, how, did you get a? I mean, this starts to sound like Meyer and stuff, where he got a feeling in his head and he just. No, it wasn't a feeling in my head. It was a. It was literally just writing everything down and figuring out the pattern. We figured out the the schedule that these things were on. They were always on a like a, a, a stringent schedule. It it varied a little bit here and there. Is like there was alternates to the schedule, but we we figured it out to where there was a six month period where we could literally just be sitting there waiting for them to show up. So there and were that, patterns. There were patterns that you started to notice. There were patterns, and I wasn't the we we weren't the only people that noticed this. There was people all over the world that noticed it. Even a guest that you previously had on the show uh, that uh, I think Chris named him uh, uh, Charles Lamerax, but his name is Charles. Uh, yeah. Lemuro. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. <laughs> Lemuria. Anyway, anyway, we kind of like yeah. worldwide. We kind of like started knitting together a community that were seeing these objects, seeing these events, and filming. And he's one of them. He he mainly dealt with the orbs, but he did see several strange events. But because he was in a huge city, but why why are you so confident in what you know at your age? This this is curious to me. You come across as so confident in what you're seeing and uh and 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 how you perceive the universe where did you get this confidence uh seeing it firsthand seeing uh seeing what though what are you seeing what do you believe you're seeing okay i let me try to get let me try to get back to the story it's not never enough time never enough time we've got plenty of time yeah right right. yeah no no problem don't feel rushed Okay. Yeah, we got we got enough time. Here. Okay. No, no pressure. No pressure. You got the thing is, the thing is, there's there's a there's a there's like a hundred thousand stories behind every like there's so much that happened in this six year period that it's, it's just it still so much. happening. Are you still having experiences? That's why you have to kind of target the question, and uh, that's how we get the information out. Like for instance, are you still having experiences with the grays in your bedroom? No, that stopped. That when, the the particular one. The, go ahead. When did it stop? Uh, where I just straight up, uh, I guess it stopped. So where I stopped seeing Grace was 2013. 2013. So it wasn't that long ago. So no, this, it was three years ago. Was there a pattern as you noticed in the sky to your abductions? Uh, yeah. There, there's only uh, that one where there was the ETs. The one where I was in my bed and I could only look up, uh, it, I, I just assumed I was in my bed because it kind of felt like it was still cushiony and everything. But anyway, I, I assume that looking back into it now, after all the regression that I did, uh, that it was... Oh, you, uh, an, you did do some regressions. Who did you do regression with? Do you mind us asking? Uh, my best my best friend's mother was a psychiatrist and a psychic. <laughs> 
Fantastic. <laughs> what a great resource to have, you know? Yeah, it was, it was pretty nice. And she and, was uh, probably open-minded to this experience because it must have been difficult for you to share this with folks, especially the part that we're talking about right now, which is, i.e., hey, there's gray aliens in my bedroom because yada, yada, yada. That almost sounds kind of blasé in this day and age, right? Because we've right. all seen and it so I, much. When I started figuring this out, that it was – because for the most part, I couldn't straight up remember anything when it came to those – so I started setting up cameras in my bedroom. So did my friend. So did a few others. And there was one particular night where we went out and we had saw a sighting, filmed it. Awesome. Went back home and set up our uh, cameras. I had a, a, a DVR set up, night vision, everything. Awesome. Paid 200 bucks do, for because it. Because you're the next. You are exactly what I spoke of during the front end of this show. I front loaded it with. Your generation, whatever you want to put, whatever title on you guys, you're smarter and you demand more. And that's what's so amazing about having someone like yourself involved in this subject. Because just the fact that you set up cameras is something that people have begged people like David Jacobs to do, who is a premier researcher for Eons, uh, the prodigy of Bud Hopkins, the premier um, regressionist to the elite stars of abduction yet when people inquire about why he doesn't have cameras everywhere with his clientele he says it's usually a budgetary issue and here we go with a uh, 20 year old 20 20 some odd year old gentleman in east texas who has no problem making that happen go ahead well i was lucky because i worked at uh at the time, I worked at an electronics store, so I could get good deals. Uh, don't minimize your achievements, son. Don't minimize your achievements. No, don't. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, but, hey. Take, hey, take the praise. Get, get, well, well, it wasn't uh, that cheap because that night, my cameras, every single one of every single one of them, I had a, four, a set of four cameras, night vision and everything. They all simultaneously had electronic malfunctions to where... Uh, all the night, all the, all the IR on my cameras went out. All of them burnt out. Uh, they just all burnt. Same thing happened at my friend's house at the same night. And so that should be I- totally expected with the kind of activity that you're describing. That these cameras and any electronics within their fields would be affected adversely. So that makes perfect sense. So tell me a little bit more about, uh, you setting up cameras. You're getting strange occurrences. Are you just, you, you say you're logging all this information with yes. your friends. Is this something you're just doing in your spare time? Uh, yeah, it was something I was doing in my spare time when I was going to college. Yeah. That's fantastic. And so you started going to college. Where'd you go? Or, or are you still in college? Uh, I was going to uh, uh, Kilgore Community College. <laughs> okay. Yeah, nothing wrong with that, man. I went yeah, to- I was I was doing audio, audio video tech and... Uh, learning basically just to be the the sound guy uh, in whatever event I need, and now I, I use it to my advantage when I like make videos for uh, Tyranny on Mass, my other channel. So it comes oh. in handy now. But yeah, so so yeah, th- that event happened. I bought more cameras, or okay. I took those back, and I got more cameras. And it happened a week later. The same thing happened. It was a totally different set of cameras. Different brand, everything, the nine yards, and they malfunctioned as well. And not only did they malfunction, 
I got errors all the way across the board on all the everything that I had in my SD cards that were plugged into the into the DVR. Error messages across like all the videos were there, but like if you play them, it's just nothing, and it says error, 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 error. It was fun. I wonder if someone on a different level of experience with electronics, uh, not to demean you at all, would be able to somehow punch through that or, de- um, or if it's just absolute snow. It wasn't snow, right? It was an a- actual error on the card. It was error. Yeah, you couldn't see anything. It didn't show any video. It showed the it showed the timestamp. It showed uh, that there was video there, but there was nothing there. <laughs> okay, there was no but, video, no audio, nothing. Let's bring it back to how this all starts. I mean, your life has got to be somewhat strange to live in because you're having all these experiences throughout your entire life, it sounds, especially during your your formidable puberty uh, years, okay? And you're telling your family about it. They're sort of brushing it off because what are they supposed to do with this? How are they supposed to process this, right? Then you're doing anything. Sorry? I said, there's really not anything to be in that position. There's not much you can do. Well, yeah, it's totally uncomfortable. Um, This subject is very uncomfortable. When you start really digging below the surface, it's not, you know, a movie. It's just not a movie. It's just like anything else. If you see a surgery on TV and then you see it in real life, it's a whole different animal. But it's it's funny you would say that it's not like a movie because. There was that one point in time where it started to seem like it was a movie because of the right. chronicle. No, I, think, I think you did mention that early in the interview, and I could understand that. You know, I, I understand uh, the reference to Close Encounters, and you know, he's starting to lose his mind a little bit for sure, right? And <laughs> he's building stuff and he's figuring stuff out, maybe patterns, right? And uh, he doesn't know what to do next. And okay, let's use that as a metaphor. You know, we're using Dreyfus as a metaphor for you, James. Uh, why you? What did you find out? Did you get to any answers? Uh, was there a pinnacle experience that you had that helped you gain some sort of confidence and knowledge yes. base? Okay, yes. well, yes. T- let's go okay. into that. Let's stick on that for a little bit. Okay, okay, okay. So I had all these events happening and Basically, it was like something was fucking with us, is what it is. Pardon my French. I don't know how you are, how you guys are in language. No, we encourage uh, you. Okay, okay. Curse all the fuck you want. Don't worry about it. Okay, okay. Okay, so all these these events are happening. And, and we wanted to get to the bottom of this. Me and my, my friend were like demented, like freaks at this point, trying to figure out this. So, it starts getting really bad with my friend. Like he starts, uh, like, uh, I, I can't think of an, uh, an, okay. Imagine like knowing someone for the majority of your life and you know, him like the back of your hand, like a brother, pretty much your best friend, you know, you know, when something's up. Mm-hmm. So we always hang out. Uh, we were, uh, at this one night we were, <clears throat> we were, uh, at his house. And we were watching YouTube videos. I think we watched something about, uh, I don't know, it's, it's irrelevant, but it was something to do with UFOs. And we passed out on his bed at No Homo. Uh, Whoa. And, Just saying. Whoa. 
Angel, well, you keep it down yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. Let's let's let James get into his mode here. Yeah. He wants. I know he wants to tell us something here, and know, you're getting you're, a, you're getting a little. Talking, talking about Angel, YouTube. Angel. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, gonna, uh, go ahead, James. Anyway, uh, dirty minds aside, uh, we felt we uh, passed out. It was like two two or. It was like one or two o'clock in the morning when we passed out. Did, didn't know, wasn't staring at the watch. And the YouTube videos were still playing, and they finally uh, went off or something. And because it was like a long, like one or two hour, those those YouTube videos on uh, YouTube that are like forever for the YouTube the UFO topics. And it, it went off in the middle of the night, but the screen was still on. There was still some light, so I wake up. I wake up later, later in the uh, the night. I didn't know exactly what time it was at that time when I woke up, and I wake up, kind of like sit up a little bit, look over to the left. My friend is sitting there, just dead set, staring at the wall, frozen. And I'm like, "Dude, are you okay?" He's like, "What's wrong with you?" And he's just sitting there staring, and then he tells me, "They're coming," and I I just seriously, I'm just like the first thought, I'm just. What are you talking about, dude? Are you fucking with me? <laughs> and he says, they're coming. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> they're coming. It's like, I said, it's late. Go back to sleep. <laughs> and he's not, he's not. Res- in a bed together. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, no, he's, he's, I'm coming. I'm, I'm just saying. Never mind. <laughs> Dirty minds aside. Uh, it was fair. It was very serious at the time. Uh, it's, but, uh, he he's my best friend, so I I know when it's weird. It, 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 he didn't look he looked pale faced and like just dead set frozen. And he starts describing something to me, which is really weird. He starts saying, "I see them. They're here. They're." He just he said the name of the town that was over. He said they're in White Oak. They're at these these people's house, and I can see them there, and I can see the people, and. When he starts describing this, I'm like starting to take him a little bit more serious because it's like freaky. Like he's just, I still kind of in the back of my head think he might be fucking with me, but at this point, uh, here's how it goes. And he starts describing the people and he sees the people and he says, this is a, 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 a black guy and a white woman and they're laying there in bed and asleep. And he said that he saw the being standing there and he said, One's wearing a red a red vest of some sort, and it looks like there's some it's decorated on the chest, like uh, for a military status or or some kind of status. And he said there's another one with a uh, a blue colored vest to the side of him. I think he's he works under him, like military. You have ranks, and that's what he described to me. He said they're coming, and so he said they were leaving there. And he, he, um, <clears throat> see, automatically, he said, I, know I, know, I know he's messing with you because black people don't get abducted. Like, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Is that true? Black people don't get abducted, or are you just kidding around? I mean, other than Barney Hill, I mean, what other black person has been abducted that you know of? Well, I don't have the data. I mean, I'd have yeah. to ask, you know, like Chase Klotsky or something, to right. say, or, or like, what's her name? Uh, who's the gal in, uh, I don't know, uh, Dolores oh, Cannon um, or something. I don't know. Well, anyway, if, if if he was if he was fucking with me, it, it was uh, Smith. he had some some. Okay, I just gotta finish this. Um, basically, he wasn't fucking with me. Uh, it continued on. And, <laughs> I don't know, man. 
So it's not like he was fucking with you. <laughs> uh, I, I heard this story and, um, not like, let's, like, you know, try to let James get through it and finish it because I heard it in a different environment and it was a lot more, a lot more serious, you know. We don't want to, you know, make fun of our guests or, or, or rag on them or knock on them, which I know you're not, you're not angels, you know, you gotta know angels personality to understand. But, uh, you know, that he's kidding with you, but. Well, anyway, this, this, this particular event was the catalyst to the end of our friendship. Uh, so it, it was serious. It was a very serious event that happened, all jokes aside. Right. And he was, he was basically just describing what he was seeing. And that's when he said, here, grab my hand. And I grabbed his hand and in my mind's eye, like, Literally in my mind's eye, it's like it's there, but it's not there. I saw the face of an, a gray alien, and that freaked me out. I let go of his hand. And I said, "Fuck, dude, what what the fuck is this shit?" And he said, "Look at your phone." And I guess it was important because of the time. But I looked down at my phone. It was three thirty-three a.m. And that like that just like when as soon as I saw the time, I don't know if it was I was paralyzed in fear or if I was literally being paralyzed. But I got stiffed up where I could not move I was staring at the window off to the right there, there's the wall in the back and then there's the window in the back right and I'm just staring at the window and then I keep I continue to hear him uh, describe it in my left ear there and he said they're here they're to the right of us and to the right of us was a, a field and he said they're coming and they're here to check up on us and I didn't really put much thought into that, but I'm just dead set looking at this window. And right at that moment, I see at the window uh, the silhouette of a gray alien. And that's when it went boom. I was out. I was out cold. And okay, okay. And then, and then and you kind of alluded that you guys uh, went on the outs as friends. What what happened? Well, it, it was it was um. It was a strange pinnacle of it. It was a strange string of events. It's that wasn't the the last of it. That was like the where, when things started to kick off because he seeing he described that and woke up the next morning and he described his experience to me and I described mine to him and we had two different to, two totally different experiences. His was completely different from mine. Okay, but so far what I'm gathering is 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 that he said they're coming. He he said some information that like maybe he was channeling, uh, but then you actually saw a silhouette within his. For form? sure. Is that, am I getting this right? I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm not yeah. trying to. And then he didn't remember the next morning that that he had seen any of that or did any of that, but you did. Well, um. <clears throat> I definitely saw the silhouette. He definitely saw the silhouette. He knew they were there. I knew they were there, especially when he starts describing it to me. And I could feel them there. I could feel the electricity in the air. Definitely knew something was going up. It was, it was very real. It was, you, you know, it, uh, it was not a joke. And we had two different experiences. Oh. Dan, I've already explained to Danny my experience. It was crazy. And yeah, um, not the whole, not the whole experience, but, um, 
Yeah, it's as much as you were comfortable talking about it, but yeah, because I like you have to realize I've I've never talked about any of this stuff to anybody other than uh, there's basically two people that I've mentioned parts of this stuff to. Right. I, I mentioned some of it. I mean, I've mentioned yeah. I've mentioned some of it to uh, Jaffe Ryder, and I'm sure Angel knows Jaffe, and oh, yeah, so does yeah. Danny. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I know uh, Jaffe. I wasn't trying to come off like I was making fun of the, what was going on. I was just trying to really like dig deeper into into what exactly what was going on here. You know what I mean? And well, well the thing is, is, well, the thing is, th- this was the pinnacle of our or like uh, us being friends. Uh, kind of did start splitting ways because in 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 very I didn't have his experience. I'm just reverberating what he saw. Uh, he very could very well could have been just messing with me from what I came to find out from my experience. I don't know. I, I'm not him. But so wait a minute. You were you were already being pretty open about your experiences with your close mates and your and your family, right? Uh, there was only like I said, there was only two people I like ever like thought about even telling. One person is someone online I've never met in person, but I've talked to. And just over the years, got close to uh, because of this, these events. And the other one he was so, he, he sounds like a shady individual, but that's why I'm, I'm you know. Uh, which one? My the, your the friend. friend that I yeah, yeah your friend. Up until this point, no. Up until this point, no, we were really good friends. We went to high school with each other. Uh, we uh, had a band with each other. We made music with each other. Uh, no, yeah. we were good friends, and we had. I mean, it, things happen. You know, we don't know, we don't know. But what was your yeah. gut telling you now, in retrospect, about that that night? Because it seems like uh, we're not even getting all the details here. You're 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 yeah, because you talked about stuff him, out. him holding, but you hold your hand, and then you had the vision of that, and then you went to the window, and you don't remember. So obviously, you from from your point of view, something had to happen. Be if he's saying that he made it up. Then I don't know. It's kind of like to to. It's hard. It's hard to take take what you're saying in for me. I guess. Uh, I don't think we we didn't really get the, allow him to finish the story. Yeah, the sequence well, that he well, was let's, from. Let's get let's get allow him. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Keep going. Okay. So um, let me. Okay. There's a whole bunch of stories that need to be. That, that, that's the thing. I, there's a whole bunch of context that needs to be interjected here. Sure. Okay, Clean it so up we were however you feel. Okay, go ahead. Okay, before this had happened, um, there was a me and my best friend at the time, the same person we had that experience with. Uh, we worked uh, over on the overnight part at a, a local grocery store. We were just stocking the the shelves at night, and <clears throat> it was a, the twenty four hour kind. <laughs> and we were working Are overnight and. Yeah. No, 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 no. That those were kind of going out out at that time. <laughs> but no, um, we we were working overnight. Uh, but I had saw this one thing at the the shop this one night that kind of like sh- set the the things forward for what I was gonna kind of run into. It was me and another guy. We both worked at the same shop. That's kind of irrelevant to this per- story, but it, it was a different person I worked with there. Uh, we were working and it was after 12 o'clock. It was, it was like an hour after I started at least. Uh, these, 
these three gentlemen walk in through the door. Every single one of these three gentlemen was over six foot five. So it was kind of strange and kind of an, a spectacle to start with. So we were both looking at them and we were like, man, this is tall guys. The two of them fl- uh, flake off and they walk different directions. But the one in the very middle, which is pushing on seven foot tall, walks directly towards me and my friends over here standing off to the side here and kind of like, like keeping his own business, but kind of like stalking and looking over at the same time. And he kind of like asked me, Hey, I got a question. And he walks right up to me, like uncomfortably close to me. Like he gets super close to me. I never met him. And I'm kind of like thinking like, dude, you need to back off. He looks down at me because this guy's seven foot tall and, uh, I'm six foot, I'm six foot flat. So he's got like a full foot on me. Yeah. He's a really tall guy. And he looks down at me and he says, how many megabytes are in a gigabyte? And I was like, what? And as soon as he said that, finished that out of his mouth, I made direct contact with his eyes and he's looking directly at me, like practically looking into my soul. And this guy's eyes shift and change. And no, I wasn't on LSD and no, I wasn't drunk. I was at work. And this guy's eyes change into the shape of what you would think of as a reptilian's eyes or, you know, like a snake's eyes. And it changed right back. It changes to that and it changes right back. And after that happens, the guy, I gave him the answer, obviously sitting there stuttering. I'm like 2000 megabytes or something like that. And, And the guy's like smiles and says, thank you. And he turns around, walks back out with both of those two guys that had kind of flaked off to the side. All three of them walk back out. How creepy. Wow, that's interesting. And you know what it sounds is- like, uh, James, you know what it sounds like to me? Cause we're, we're get we're getting low on time. Um, I want your input on this, but you know, we've been talking for well over an hour here, almost two hours about yeah. your experiences and some of your belief systems and your age is very important to the people on this panel and the audience. This uh, large section of our audience, as I joke around a lot in ufology, is uh, old people who <laughs> are dying. You know, they're they're on their way out. They're in their golden years, mm-hmm. and uh, and really uh, socially awkward, uh, overweight, overweight, ugly people like us on the panel. So mm-hmm. you know, we have a nice young guy here with new views. Uh, it's exciting. However, what I think after I'm listening, to plump. Okay, well, well, minus minus Angel, but Ooh. what I think after listening for a few, couple hours here and with all my experience is that you, my friend, are is what would be referred to as a sensitive, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you've probably heard this term. If not, talk to your psychic friend, your buddy's mom, about what it means to be a sensitive because. It's becoming quite obvious, so it would seem in your life, that places you go that are uh, almost 2D to regular people, you're seeing in 4D or 3D into 4D. You are starting to see other things that people don't see. And there are plenty of these people on our planet, but they don't have, uh, you know, clubs and they don't have uh, school for these people like X-Men, you know, like, you know, people who were... Uh, different in the, those realms, uh, should find a place where they can 
kind of use their talents and learn to use them on a higher level. And that's something that you might want to search out, too, if you haven't done already. Does any of this make sense? Have you heard this before? Um, what do you think? Uh, what it sounds like you're describing is uh, sort of like the star child or, or uh, what is that? Where Indigo children? Yeah, indigo children. That, that's the term, yeah. I think there is something to be said for that, for sure, because think about it. It's not just saucers for you. You're seeing things that normal people aren't seeing, but they've heard about. We know these things exist, but not everybody is privy to seeing them or interacting with them, which you are doing. You're not just sky watching anymore, kiddo. You know what I mean? So this is a big deal. You are obviously an anchor of some sort. You, you're a, a magnet, so to speak, and that's what a sensitive is. I bet you that you would be a good person to take with for some of these uh, ghost hunts that our friends go on all the time, you know, cronies of the show and alike, <laughs> because they need sensitives, because those are the folks who are going to be able to get the good EVPs. Those are the folks who are going to be able to possibly establish a connection. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Even before the UFO stuff, definitely started seeing a lot of like apparitions and had a, a a lot of that kind of stuff. And there's even one where uh, we, me and my brother, antagonized something that we couldn't see to the point to where it was banging on the walls and was knocking open doors. And we got it to repeat the same thing three times with three witnesses. So <laughs> yeah, yeah there well, was some. Here lies events. the problem: is that a guy like you? Uh, we don't know the extent of, of how sensitive you are or some of the power you may possess. These things are happening by accident. Right. Think about if they were targeted and if they were encouraged and, and taught uh, by, by people who were much more experienced as sensitives. Yeah, uh, I he, think this is he, something you should look into. Go ahead, uh, Chris. Uh, no, it's Danny. Um, he Sorry. needs to be – you need James to <clears throat> find people who are, are like yourself uh, – who are being, um, you know, brought into a group of other people to, to, you know, to train you to use these abilities, you know, like, uh, like you said, X-Men kind of, uh, situation where everybody has, you know, a little bit different, their, their gift is a little bit different, but you need to be around positive people that are gonna, you know, teach you how to use your gifts in a good way and, you know, also help you get your head around some of this because, yeah, I heard that in our phone call, Jesse, and that's a really good pickup. Uh, Can I explain uh, something real quick? Sure. Okay, so obviously everybody has their own conclusions to the events that they're 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 enduring, and obviously I've came to my own, you know, some no fluid, but in conclusion to what I'm experiencing, and there's n- not enough time to really. Uh, to branch out to you what was going on with me but uh, if you want a quick summary just to let you know teaser possible in the future I could explain it better I just don't have enough time uh, what I ended up interacting with was there was these group of greys in our area is what I came to find out and they were fucking with us because apparently they did not like us filming them on the daily basis and we even filmed a couple of uh, UFOs flying down into a river. So we figured out that maybe there's a base underground there. We don't know. We don't have diving suits to go down there. But they were going in and out of the river. 
<clears throat> multiple witnesses. And <clears throat> so there's these groups flying around doing their rotations for whatever reason, maybe abducting people, maybe doing this or that. I don't know. Can't confirm or deny. And they started fucking with us. We had MIB following us around, men in black, uh, crazy events where men in black were had me cornered in one one time and i got pissed off at them screaming at them and a ufo flew over my head chased them away uh that was a crazy event and <clears throat> what i later came to find out is what stopped these grays from fucking with me uh i guess it was a little bit too late for some of my friends uh was the the introduction and the interaction with this other type of beings, which I guess the only way you can describe them is reptilians. That is the 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 the, the basic at, summary. At any of point, did you use Jesus's name at all to try to get him to back off or, or get away? Because I've you know dealing with uh, you know the subject of abductions over the years, uh, it's uh, it's become kind of like a not so much a theme, but it's become pretty. Uh, uh, reoccurring where you know the subject is being abducted starts yelling you know biblical things or talks starts talking about Jesus. Next thing you know, the being starts backing off. I mean, have, did you ever try that at all? Or, you know, going into scripture or anything? No. Um. At, at that point in time, I was kind of like giving up on my religion. <laughs> it was. I'd have been why like, you were seeing uh, aliens and demons there, son. I'm just saying. Yeah, this guy has. <laughs> this guy actually has a brain, Angel. I don't know why you're bringing that up. Hey, look. We're, we're running out of low on time here, so you're right. But here's, here's the bottom line, James, is that, uh, first of all, kudos to you for even thinking in these realms at 26 years old. I know, I know that, that you're, you're, it, it's just a number. I get that. But it, it does mean a lot. So kudos to you. This story's evolving. Okay. You're not going to be able to explain it all. Okay. What you just described about the people who were blanking with you. And your friends and the men in black. I mean, there's about a hundred questions there that I'd like to ask. We would have to just take sections when we bring you back on. But this story's evolving. So the best way to handle a case like James West is to keep in touch with James West. So this is an introduction. This well, is can, a can, I mention one, can I mention one last thing, Jesse? So I think everybody can Go take for, away from it. Go take for one it. Second. You got it. Take a second. Okay. Um, uh, I, I did learn a way that uh, you could actually get sightings of your own, even if you're not seeing them. And we we tried out the the uh, Stephen Greer's methods. Uh, I think you mentioned at the beginning of the show before I came on. And we we tried that, but what we figured out was the best way. And it's a little bit dangerous, and do it at your own risk. Is you don't even have to do it publicly. Maybe a, a private message or something like that. Put a private request for a location, time, uh, who's going to be there. Forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. <laughs> Excuse me. Seven, one. That's not me. Seven. Okay, no, no, but you, you, basic, you, basically, you basically make a, an online request for a sighting. And, and just to make sure in your head that it's not just somebody messing with you, if it, it could possibly twist you. Um, I did it often, most of the time I did it public, uh, privately, where no one else could see it. I just posted it to like uh, uh, my Facebook page uh, where I could only see it or something like that. And I could get a sighting at a certain place at a certain time at my will. Not a, not 100% accuracy, but when it did happen, it was at that time, at that place, and it went down just like I asked for it to happen. 
So right, but but it may have also been because of the fact that you're sort of a lightning rod. So it may oh, have. Had, I've had other people had uh, success with it. So oh, okay, okay. So you have had some. So you're saying private message yourself? Is that what you're saying? I'm trying to. I might try to do this this week. Why not? Right. I mean, I I can't guarantee you. And and most of these happened uh, during the peak, uh, 2013, 2014. But you could ask for a sighting, and sometimes you would get a response. And that's you just basically put it online. And I've had several friends have great responses with it. And one guy well, kind of int- intention, you know, intention. It's very important, you know. Uh, I've been taught that for many years, so I, I have belief in that. James, we're out of time. Okay. Uh, great having you on the show. I wish you luck. I hope you continue down these extraordinary paths. I would like to hear back uh, in a in a few months or whenever you feel the time is right. Uh, if you do check into uh, what a sensitive is, if you think that's describing you, you know, uh, that's something to look towards. We'd love to hear back and see if you've explored some other areas of perhaps your talents. Uh so thank you for being on the show. Thanks for sharing your experiences, as difficult as they may be at times, because the people who listen to this show, of course, can usually relate, number one, especially with being ostracized or made fun of or or whatnot. Uh, and also the people really do want to know the information. They want to hear about what they can't see and what they can't do, and that's important because they want to get there. So if they think you're there, they want to hear more from you. So thanks for being on the show. For everybody else out there, kids, another week. Get get cooking. Get back to work. But keep your eyes up instead of down all the time. We've got a great show tonight. And next week we have a fantastic guest lined up for you on the Euphonaut Radio. And uh, we are here Monday through Friday but live on Mondays. So tune in, and next time we'll actually give out the goddamn phone number so you can call in. Yeah. For the Honorable, yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Okay, for everybody else, the Honorable, the Angel of Ufology, Mr. Danny, everybody out there in Ufology land, have a terrific week. This is Jesse Randolph. You've been listening to Euphonaut Radio. Death